0: Thank you for listening to another episode of Sweet Release Healing's Roundtable. I'm Andrea Lovett with Sweet Release Healing. Tonight's conversation is going to be all about spiritual kiddos. And to join in the conversation tonight, we have Tiffany, Charity, and Carleen. I also want to say a super special thank you to Morgan and Sharon for being our fantastic producers. Hi, everybody. Hi, hi, hi. So tonight we're talking about spiritual kids. We love our spiritual kids, right? the little ones that are super hard to put into boxes and they have their own minds and they do things their own way and they don't like talking. And I'm like, fucking right. I want to telepathically communicate too. Ab so fucking lately. And I love this topic because one of the things that has stuck out to me in my life is, um, I think it was my second or very first show where I was part of a big spiritual expo thing. And this woman came up to me and was like, hey, I've been emailing you back and forth. I love like your Facebook lives. I have been following you for a while. And again, this was like 10 years ago. And she said, I was hoping you would be able to work with my daughter. And I was like, okay, well, hi, Mary. I was like, okay, well, we can." I can meet her and everything. This child woke up, walked up to me and I bawled absolute tears immediately. And I got down on her level and I was like, it's really hard to be a human right now, isn't it? And her eyes got really big and she was just like, yes, because she was autistic and she was verbal, but she really didn't like to be verbal. And she had a really hard time understanding humanity and why they thought the way that they did and why they acted the way that they did. And she didn't understand the full scope of emotions. and when I walked away from her, it, it took me at least 20 minutes to pull it together. Cause I was like hiccup crying and like ugly weepy. My soul was pouring out crying because this kiddo was just so fucking special. And she was rocking the world, not just with like her diagnosis, but who she was during that time. And my own kiddos were really young. Like I, I think maybe Benny had I think maybe no Benny wasn't even born yet so this is yeah definitely over 10 years ago so my own kids were more like 9 10 8 right around her age and it fucked me up but it also put me on this trail of like okay how many more kids like that are there and we know me queen of curiosity and questions and the why I asked spirit for years afterwards and every single while every once in a while she pops up for me again is like, what's her mission here? Why did she come? And they keep saying the same thing. She brought more of us, more spirit with her. Now, all of you have, Tiff and Carlene have their own kids. Charity works with kids who might as well be her own kids. Do you guys see this when in your lives too? Every single day. What do you mean by that, Tiff, every single day? It is the
1: simple fact of their curiosity, their openness, their willingness to understand and see things just a little bit differently. I don't see that innate built-in fear of the unknown, especially in my own children anymore. You know, the monsters under my bed or in my closet. That's not happening at this moment in time, especially for me. It's more of a, hey, I kind of get this feeling in the side of the room. What do you think that's about, mom? It's pure curiosity and it's beautiful to watch.
0: My youngest is definitely functioning off of a lot of past life memories even though he's deeply intuitive, he's very empathic and he he's a little bit of a mind reader. He will say what you were about to say right before you say it and it'll be obscure. Like my dad had a new tractor and my mom and my little one, Benny, were laughing about what to name it. And they were like, well, "What should we go with for a name? And my mom and Benny at the same time said, Bessie at the same time and my poor father the marine who has no experience with any of this except for my fucking spiritual ass and my mom's family and he just thinks like we're all a bunch of freaks and weirdos and he loves us but he does not get it. which makes me laugh because i'm like hold on we're the majority and you're calling us freaks and weirdos you're a freaking weirdo because you don't have this how do you not have this you're a fucking weirdo oh,
1: um, i'm
0: gonna say that too i know whatever dad <laughs> like you're an old marine now you can't catch me i can run faster now i'll just wear my sneakers (laughs) be fine hope i don't trip over my own feet so my poor father when they both said Bessie at the same time like nearly lost it and that's something my son does constantly he is constantly saying the last few words of your sentence and it'll be words he doesn't know it will be obscure things like the name Bessie out of nowhere for a tractor kid kills me he knows people's feelings he knows their emotions but funny enough there's a kiddo who's very deeply autistic in his class and he's having a hard time understanding him he's like mom I just don't get it. And he sat me down to talk about it. This kid's seven years old, and he was like, Can we talk about this? Because I don't understand. But he's still afraid of the monsters in his closet. He doesn't like his closet open. He doesn't like it when, like, his little Alexa light is on red, but it reds his favorite color. He definitely is working through some past life memories that just creep him out and freak him out. And someone, not me or my family, allowing him to watch YouTube. Unattended has not helped either. So here we have this spiritual kiddo trying to make sense of the world
2: and unable to.
0: Now, Charity, not long ago we were talking about how some of the kiddos in your school present as more spiritual. They do. I have a lot of them, but they're not mine.
3: And I talk to them because it's hard to explain. It's like I know it. I see it because I watch them. I see them. They they are curious and they see the world more like we do than most. But they don't know what it is given background um, of what they know so far. So the way that that I talk to them is <clears throat> when they're in that head space, I just simply look at them and say, Hey, I know where you're at. Come back down here. You're in your head. I know what that's like. We gotta do this. Where are you? What's going on? I'm thinking. Are you thinking? What are you thinking about? And I leave it open. I don't I don't shut their thoughts down. I don't shut down where they are. I do have some kids that will just recently talk to me about past lives they think they've had. Their um, their parents they're they're fine with that and everything. <clears throat> and some I have that are like that. They are much more at ease knowing that they can talk to me about it, and that I understand it.
0: i don't but, know how to explain that like but kids know that don't they yeah. they know yeah. who they can go to to talk about they th- do anything <clears throat> especially the spiritual kiddos who yeah. you know god love this generation now that's coming up because the amount of spirit in that body i'm like you got so many sparkles are you okay do you have headaches like you hungry yes yeah. snack You thirsty? Because I know you got some shit going on here. Something's something's gotta be going on. I can always tell when my kids are going through a spiritual awakening because they get wicked hungry and wicked thirsty. You know how kids already love cups. They'll be like double the amount of cups all over the house. And I'm looking from the cabinet for a cup. There's nothing. Because the kids have all the cups out. I'm like, y'all are just drinking water. You can't just refill the same one. (laughs) But I do look at this. This newer generation coming up that are like 18 and under. These kids are fucking phenomenal. They're so cool. They've got so much right and wrong. And an inability to see it as anything different. They're not going to make a right into a wrong and a wrong into a right. They're going to flow and follow forward. And, oh, I love it. It's so, such a beautiful thing to see, but they're highly susceptible to other kids if they don't have that like inner broad and inner pull of like, no, this is, this is truth and that's it.
2: But holy hell. I have a
0: theory very strong theory too. I feel like this is 99% truth. And I know that there's exceptions to everything, but I think the entire autism and ADHD neuro spicy crowd, all of us, no matter what our ages are more spiritual than we are human in our experiences. And especially like in a body. And we have brought that thinking here. And I say that because I'm pretty fucking ADHD. I'm squirrels at a rave level and I use it for when I'm reading. Absolutely. Like my clients fucking love it because I can check five different lines at once. They ask me one question and I'm attacking it from five different positions because that's where my brain goes. And I'm like, cool, who, what, where, when, why, and how? And then I keep moving around in it and it's a boon for me. And I use it that way. But that's because I'm far more spirit than human. I'm far more off world there than I am human. And with that means I bring with me more of my thinking processes and how I function from spirit way of thinking and being.
2: What do we think about this?
1: I have to agree. I definitely see in my own personal practice using that kind of mindset as a tool rather than using it to hinder myself. Um, Both of my children, 6 and 10, have very real ADHD tendencies, but they keep it on the spectrum of just being so creative with it. Like, they think outside of the box, and they can intellectualize things so differently from a different perspective that I would have never even anticipated. The things that come out of their little brains just shocks me all the time. But you
3: allow that. That's what I think. You recognize it and allow it. That's what I try to do here. like, I allow it if they need to stand up because they need to move because they're like gotta get rid of their energy, that's allowed, that's allowed in my classroom. Do you need to get up and go do this? Like we are moving, we, I say we, because I look at them and I said, I know where you're at, I know what you're doing, I understand this because I have to do the same thing, I get it, right? It's because I think it's really, really important that we allow them to think in that manner outside Mm -hmm. of the box. I think that's really important with them because I don't think they get it sometimes. Well, your kids get it from you, but sometimes I don't think they get it. In my case, they don't get it sometimes. And they do so much better when they're allowed to think the way that they think without judgment. Mm. And I let them say it and we talk about it and I ask them why. I use the Socratic method. Why? How so? What then? What's next? What do you think about that? Well, why would you? Why would you not? Where are we going with this? You leave the avenues open for them to start thinking, and I think it helps a lot. We're talking about autism and ADHD and everything else, as far as like being more spiritual, I think so. And I have seen more and more come here in the past few years than I've had before. Um And I was just thinking about it, you know, because we were dealing with spiritual kids tonight. And I was like, well, I've kind of gotten more lately. And they are fascinating and intriguing Mm -hmm. and remind me of when I was younger. And I'm like, oh, baby, let me help you out. No, calm down. You're fine. You're fine. Let me help you. You're fine. You're fine. It's all right. (laughs) We'll process this, whatever it is. But they are.
0: I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt.
3: No, no, no. Go ahead. I'm just rambling.
0: I saw Spencer said in the chat, and I know you're going to love this one and the power to give a child when you give them the power, you give a child when you give them their voice and promote what they have to say. Yes. And I was thinking about that too. Yes. While you were talking is with spiritual kiddos, with the questions that you ask them, where you're saying you ask open-ended questions and get them thinking and using their voice and pulling in more humanity into their experience now and bridging those gaps is the power that you're giving them through their voice through the spoken word through curiosity and exploration yes. and showing them that it's okay for them to just be them because at no point are we saying nope don't be like that no no, no. not at <clears throat> all and i've noticed nope. that's not allowed in this house <laughs> no i've noticed that a lot with the 50 and under crowd is really you don't hear that really anymore. I mean, obviously there's exceptions to every rule, but for the most part, you don't hear that a lot of, don't be like that. No.
2: That's
0: Instead we're like, part. what's
2: going on? Yeah.
1: Another big thing with that, that we focus on too, is not just the thoughts and the processes, but the feelings. Because one thing I've noticed with this younger age is the big emotions that mm-hmm. come with them and how hard it is for them to understand and process them because yeah. they feel them so intensely yeah
0: yeah And we have to ask why why are they feeling it so intensely like all right i understand emotions i don't like them i don't my least favorite side is the empathic side i i don't don't like to dip into it at all I want to know what people are thinking, feeling, experiencing, absolutely, as a cursory glance. But I don't want to dive into it. I don't even like diving into my own emotions. I don't want to dive into anybody else's. I will with my kiddos because I need to know how to help them. But when it comes to, like, my clients, it's a cursory glance. How are we doing today? (laughs) Are we going to be open and receptive? Where's the brain state at? But with kids now... I look over at kids and it's scrambly it's it's like personified white noise and it's like and there's all these lines that are just packed and it sits right on their head and I'm like what is happening right now what is that that's new that's different I'm not seeing that whereas before I would see like a wavelength but it's slower These kids are moving faster and I know it's because things are new to them and it's all this new incorporation of knowledge real fast and quick, but there's definitely parts of me that are like, holy fucking shit. What are we doing? Like, what are we actually doing here? What, Carlene? What?
4: (laughs) Okay. Well, I just had a whole epiphany about some other stuff, but it's about, we're having to learn how to be more connected. So, of course, they're coming in and they all have that same tether, that same string, that same thread connecting all of them. And that thread is essentially
2: their spiritual energy, but but it's already on. Okay, so they were talking to me earlier
4: about... So this blue energy that I can see everywhere. Um, yesterday, it's like I was standing in a circle and there's all these threads around me, all these strings around me. And it's all the blue lines. Blue sparkly lines. And... Kaylee has been sending out communication to star seeds. So I assume that this blue reaches star seeds because that's kind of what we've been working with. Um, because they're already aligned with that line, that thread. Um, and when they showed me the, these strings all around me, I just wanted to yank on them. Like that was my initial instinct was to just yank on them. And what I got with that, which they clarified right before this podcast, was when I pull the strings, essentially, okay, so I, here I have the strings and it goes out to the person to their head down past their feet, like into the blue that touches everything and it's the single thread through each person. And when I yank it, it's like it pulls the depth of the blue up, all the way up here. So you explaining that you see kids that way, that's immediately my brain was like connected. The grid, they're connected. That they're already here aligned with that thread
0: Okay. I love when we do that. (laughs) Like, oh, somebody in this group says something that clicks for me. And there we go. Do your kids ever bring up past life memories?
1: All the time. My youngest six told us about her entire previous life and family from World War II picked out military uniforms that her father wore like gave us names full nine was very much like i miss my other family like a whole lot for about 6 months she did that
0: so the university so- of virginia's school of medicine has a division of perpetual studies and one of it one of them that i found today is children who report memories of previous lives. And I found this super interesting. In many cases of this type, the child's statements have been shown to correspond accurately to facts in the life and death of a deceased person. Some of the children have birthmarks and birth defects that correspond to wounds or other marks on the deceased person whose life is being remembered by the child. In numerous cases, post-mortem reports have confirmed these correspondences. Older children may retain these apparent memories, but generally they seem to fade around the age of seven. And what this was saying is some young children, usually between the ages of two and five, speak about memories of a previous life they claim to have lived. At the same time, they often show behaviors such as phobias or preferences that are unusual within the context of their particular family and cannot be explained by any current life events. These memories appear to be concordant with the child's statements about a previous life. Tell me how fucking cool that is that the whole ass university of medicine, they're Medicine. I'm going to say where I got that from again for the people in the back who didn't hear. The University of Virginia's School of Medicine, their division of perceptual studies. How fucking cool is that? It's fantastic. (laughs) It
3: really is because a lot of kids talk about it or mention it or say things about it. And I just ask them questions. Like I don't, I don't shut them down. That's why I think when you were talking about, you see them a certain way with all these emotions and stuff and granted, I don't like to dig into my own emotions, but I I do like the human experience and the depth of emotion and I do try to get them to understand and they can get there with me sometimes when I'm doing a lecture in class about certain things. Like immediately they can kind of understand and I can see it before sometimes grown people understand that emotion, like when we're talking about it and comparing it to things in literature um it's almost like that connection they're just so much more open and they haven't been so um boxed in or trapped or pushed down or smothered or or said that wasn't right i think that helps tremendously Um, especially like with the past lives, because, you know, it's so easy for you to just say, oh, or in the past, people have said, oh, that's not real, whatever, but but it is. (laughs) And they talk about it. When they talk about it, they talk about it as if it's something they know for a fact and they're just telling you. I don't know how to explain it, but it is fascinating to hear them and for those that don't know, that may not remember sometimes, and they'll say to me, I think I might have had a past life. I'm like, oh, yeah. Why? When? Where? What? All of it. Like, I just let them run with it to see mm-hmm. where it... I don't know. It's, it's fantastic just to watch sometimes.
0: There's three of my kids. All three of them have had past life memories. Now, I do have four kids because I just adopted a kiddo quasi he's mine legally now um it did go through the court i'm just not picking up kids off the street and being like you are mine now there's no kidnapping i promise so he, we went through the courts uh, three of them all had past life memories but they came up in very different ways my oldest sons came up as night terrors and nightmares where he remembered being marched off and away from his parents us especially me where the men with pew pews were pulling the children away and he was never going to see me again and then at one of them they actually had killed me in front of him and he woke up with these memories and I was like holy crap and he was only three or four years old waking up in the middle of the night with these memories I was like this poor child and then My daughter, we were driving in the car and she was about four, I think, right around three or four. And she's out of the back seat just all of a sudden, mom, do you remember when I was just a little sizzle in Africa? She remembers being a soul without a body in Africa specifically. And she was like, yeah, I met you there and I waited for you. And then I waited for you to come back so I could come back to you. Just matter of fact, out of nowhere, just a little voice, backseat. And I was like, oh, my God. And then my youngest son, still right around the same age, probably about four, three-ish, four, asked me if I remembered. Again, he said, do you remember when, mom, like out of nowhere, mom, do you remember when I was the adult and you were the baby and I was taking care of you? By then, I had learned a whole lot more. Because, you know, with my oldest son, it was consoling. Those are traumatic past life memories for him. With my daughter, I was so shook and I was so excited about it. And I was like, prickles behind my ears crying, like behind my eyes crying about it. And I was like, this is so fucking cool. I didn't even think to ask anything. I was just like, that is so cool. And I was like, no, I don't remember. Can you tell me about it? Well, with Benny, I was kind of like prepared me for it. And I said, "You know, where were we? Do you remember where we were on, in the world?" And he knew it was cold. It sounds kind of Scandinavian, because the, what he painted as a picture for me was it was a big, round building with a tall roof, and there were did we didn't pick up and move it anywhere? It stayed stationary and there were big beams and he could remember the big beams going around and it was fire not electricity and he had a he had a beard and he was like but it was kind of like reddish he's like it was dark reddish and he said that he had like silver clips in it and braids and he said it didn't go down that far but it went down to about here and he he knew all these things and I said it was I your baby and he was like no but I was just holding you and I was just taking care of you this kid's freaking four. I was like, this is fucking cool. He remembered. He did, out of nowhere. Yeah. That's what I, I love.
3: Like, they remember. hmm Ah. I know it's fascinating, but they do. They remember it. And they, they tell it when they remember it, as a matter of fact. Like, they're not. I don't know how to explain it. Like I said, they're not boxed in to what it might be. They just tell it. Because it is. It is. It's where they've been.
2: Mm.
1: I love it. Go ahead, Tiff. I think that's the key point for any of the parents of possibly spiritual kids, is to not let your own fear continue these cycles of putting them in a box. There's nothing special you really have to do with it other than that. Don't put your own fears onto them and let them just be. They'll figure it out as they go
0: and you'll be able to watch as it, as it happens. Just be curious. Mm -hmm. On Monday, December, no, Monday, 11, November. I can English Monday, Monday, November 20th. We had to move it because I was sick. We're going to be doing spiritual parenting and I'm so excited. To bring this conversation to it. I really am. Because, you know, more modern parenting methods say you actually treat your kids like they're people now.
4: Yes. Like, it's not that hard. You just talk to them like they're people. And when they're having a rough day, acknowledge that they're having a rough day. Also show them when you're having a rough day so that they know it's normal. Like, so many people like to go and be like, oh, that's not the kid's problem and, like, hide it all from them. But, like, why? So then when they're having a crazy, like, emotional day, like, hello today, yesterday, big emotions everywhere, um, then we can a little bit easier communicate between, like, just us and be like, I just, I'm feeling a lot of things right now. <laughs>
0: My son would do that. He tells other kids. He's like, listen, when he said, when you put your hands in my face, it makes my brain all scrambly and I get grumpy. So can you please keep your hands to yourself? This he, kid said this in kindergarten. Um, you guys are going to love the chat. Buffy, first of all, Stephanie, love her. She was like Norse longhouses were the meeting or common house where they gathered to feast. And apparently to have babies. I tried to explain Buffy says she's tried to explain a platypus to my two and a half year old who said, I already know I colored it before I was born. How cool. I know. And then mama chick, let your kids take mental health days. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. And Terry, if we don't teach them how to handle their emotions, who is supposed to? And I love that mentality. Because you can teach your kid this or other adults that don't care as much about your kid can teach them this. And other kids who definitely don't teach, don't care about your kids can teach them this.
4: My household is full of kids. So like there's my kids. I have a six and eight year old and then my youngest brother is 12 and they are all they all just bounce off of each other. And then my other brother is only 21, so he's baby also. I'm, like, head of the babies. <laughs> like, head of the kids here. And it's that's been the theme. Like, honestly, this whole month, has that's been the theme of just, hey, can we all just acknowledge that, like, emotions are also part of life? And that, yes, men can and do have emotions. And there's nothing fucking wrong with it. Sorry. But like there's nothing wrong with it. And like, can we just acknowledge that like that side is equally as as important as like whatever the hell society norms are trying to say right now? Like there's so much behind that.
0: But like well, just true. Treat, and I see treat them like people. My daughter came home from school and, and so did my my oldest son that I just um have custody of now that I just adopted. They were bitching and complaining about how their teachers like you can't use a calculator and you can't use autocorrect and you can't use all this modern technology stuff to do their work in school. They're old school teachers who find value in doing it yourself and not relying on technology. And I was listening to the kids complain about this and I said, you know, I can see both sides because I grew up in both sides. I said, should you know how to do math? basic math, rudimentary math. Should you know your multiplication tables? Yes. But also in adulthood, you're not just on your own unless you choose to be so. In adulthood, we ask other people, we go to the library, we seek counsel in each other. So I can see both sides of why the kids are pissed. And I'm like, do the best you can with each teacher so you can learn each way. Absolutely. But just remember when you're an adult and you're out in the workforce, you're going to be able to look at your colleague and say, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Can you help me? You're supposed to go to your manager. You're supposed to go to leadership. You're supposed to be able to be find your own fucking answers without confirmation bias and be able to research things on Google. You should know how to use your tools at the same time. And I think the same thing goes for our spiritual kiddos. You should be able to look at people and be like, I'm losing my fucking mind and I need to take a break. You should not feel guilty for that. You should be able to say, hey, I'm experiencing this. I'm feeling this. You guys ever do that? Yep.
2: Charity. I. Yes.
3: I'm going to go back to the keychairs <laughs> and then I'll come up. Um, we use both here. It's both sides of the story. It's not just one. Each kid is an individual and they function differently. Their brain functions differently. Some kids do better with a calculator, some do not. I think they should learn the basic math and the basic reading and writing so they can function in this world. Do they need to learn questions so that they can ask questions in this world? Yes. And they have been shut down and they have been silenced in the school system from asking questions from their peers or anyone else to find out what it is to do in this world. In my classroom, we talk about emotions, we talk about feelings, we talk about society's norms, things that we think are unfair, unjust, why it is I make you write your math in pencil, why I make you redo your English after a rough draft. I talk about the whys of everything I have them do, the reason for it. I don't let them go blind into this world. I let them know that there's people out there to help them. That they can use everything at that's accessible to them all their tools that is the mind the body and the soul all of it every bit of it every single day i tell them hey guys i'm not having a great day emotionally i'm letting you know right now i can't take a whole lot of talking can you just calm down just a little bit Sometimes my kids come up to me, I need five minutes outside, my anxiety is crazy. And I say, do you need me? Yes or no? No. They go outside, they calm down, they come back. We have freedom of movement. We have freedom of emotion. We have freedom of talking. We have freedom of being who they are in this classroom. And I don't like it sometimes when teachers and other people shut them down at avenues where they will excel. If just given a little. Mm -hmm. Whether it's a calculator or a computer. Or a pen and paper, because some function better with it, I think they should be given that opportunity and told, Hey, and I tell them I am very open and honest with my students. My parents all know that I'm open and honest with my students about everything. My mental state, well, you know, within guidelines, but my mental state, all of that, the emotions that I'm not just a robot teacher, I live too, and we have those boundaries, but they are allowed if they're having a bad day. And they are panicking. We need to do something about it. So they come to me because they know they can. And they say, I need five or ten minutes. And I'll let them have it. And they're better. But I let them move. I let them do a lot of things here that, well, y'all would love it. It seems like chaos. (laughs) But in all honesty, I mean, it really kind of is. But in all honesty, it functions like it should, really. It functions fairly well, but it would look like a bit of chaos. And I know I went off on a tangent, but I just, I don't like it when they box them in, no matter what it is. And I don't like it when they silence them in questioning, because you're right. How are we going to know? Or how are they going to know without questioning something? Questioning what it is to learn it.
0: Uh, Anyway, sorry. That's it. I don't know why you just apologized. That was great.
4: So, just last week, um my youngest brother, so the 12 year old, he uh had to be picked up from school because he completely disassociated and like shut down in class. So I was already running around town with the other brother, so the siblings come to the rescue, we go pick him up, and we get him in the car, and I ask him, "Hey, like what what happened?" If you want to talk about it. And because one thing about him is like he likes to stick to himself. Okay, so like you give him his space. <laughs> and he he was cool to talk about it and he said that the teacher wouldn't let him go get water. So another kid offered him some water and in the couple like minutes it took him to drink this water, he wasn't working his work. The teacher wrote him an infraction for not doing his work. And he did not understand. First of all, he did not understand what an infraction actually was because he's never gotten one. And so he he thought it was like a write-up, like something serious. And he was like, why? Like, I I wasn't doing anything, though. And when he questioned why, he got another one. And then was told he could not go to the dance because of that, like that same weekend. So then he got extremely upset, and since, you know, he's in public, he can't full-on rage, like he does at home, because we're open with our emotions at home, you know, so we handle rage, cool, too. Uh, He couldn't, you know, so instead he completely disassociated, and he was terrified telling us about it because he didn't know what the hell was happening to him. He said, I know my legs were shaking and I got really disoriented. Like, I didn't know where I was for a minute there. And next thing you know, they're pulling him out of the classroom and making him go sit in the office. Um, And he, at the end of it, him telling us, he was like, I genuinely just don't know. Like, I don't see how I was doing anything wrong. And I said, you weren't at all don't even think for a second you were I said you handled it the way you should have that teacher is the one that was in the wrong and like didn't handle that anywhere near how they should have and then he was worried about repercussions at home because he got in trouble at school and it just you know it all flowed downhill and I was like look I've got your back first of all at home with however this goes but like you're you're good But the whole thing could have been avoided had the adult in the situation just explained. Like, it is not that hard to explain what the process is. And the same way that Tate is saying, that's how I do with my kids at home. Because that's how my brain works. I want to know how everything works. That's what makes me feel better when I know how things should go, what the possible outcomes may possibly be, like what the usual thing is, like that makes me feel better because then I know when something's wrong, you know? So that's how I treat my kids. I explain to them, hey, we're going to do this this way because of this, this, and this. Hey, this, like you've got a great idea going here, but what if we like did this one little thing." to make it a little smoother what um i don't know just but it's not hard to just explain so that they understand because they're kids they're coming into this world and have no idea what the hell's going on anywhere as adults we barely know so like we gotta give them some fucking credit you know like cut them some
0: slack and we've reached time thank you so much for listening to another episode of the sweet release healing Roundtable. table <laughs> I'm Andrea Lovett from Sweet Release Healing. I hope you have learned just as much as we have tonight and enjoyed the conversation as much as we have. Well, I hope we have. Thank you so much, Tiffany, Charity, and Carleen, for joining me tonight. And thank you so, so much to our fantastic and wonderful producers, Sharon and Morgan could not do this without you. Everybody have a beautiful night. Take care of yourselves and take care of each other. Mwah.